Hey, hello, friend. Welcome. Carm here. Now, while we're dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, our content strives, really strives to bring you wisdom, insights, and trends to maintain your options with this invisible threat. Now, in this refreshingly bright episode with shop owner Ron Tinner, he asks, are you a shop owner or a business owner? You know, everybody has this dream, uh, has a dream, should I say. Mine always was, I'm going to have a shop that does multi-million dollars. But when you sit back at your office and realize you're doing multi-million dollars and not making any money, you're going to work every day for no reason. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, welcome. Carm Capriato here, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast Guy. Now, thank you so much for listening and your ongoing encouragement to bring you trending and innovative aftermarket podcasts. Uh, Here's an important message from Napa. Due to the rapidly evolving situation related to the coronavirus, COVID-19, including health and safety risks and travel bans for many attendees, Napa took the precautionary steps and is going to postpone the Napa Expo. We do expect to reschedule the event for later date and will provide new dates as soon as possible. Rest assured that Team Napa is as energized and invested as ever in Napa Expo, and we look forward to hosting you at a later date. Any new announcements, listen to them here. Hey, an important note that we have done many podcasts and CarmCasts, as I said, on the COVID-19 pandemic. I put them all together in one section on my website's homepage. It's in red. You can't miss it. RemarkableResults.biz. Please check it out. There's a lot there to help you make decisions on your short and medium range plans. Links to the government websites, forms, a lot of stuff there. Hey, in today's episode, I'm with shop owner Ron Tinner, who reaffirms that you are not the owner of the shop, but the owner of the business. Someone, mainly you, must be attending to specific functions of your shop so that you can attend to the business side of things. Ron says that if you are not doing this, that's why most businesses struggle due to self-inflicted wounds. Hey, Ron's also a part-time business coach and believes that every shop should have one. It changed his world, he says, and he's helping others to change theirs. Find Ron's bio, the show notes, which makes for a great meeting agenda. Don't forget that. And links to his previous episodes at RemarkableResults.biz slash E525. You know, E stands for episode. Hey, remember, if you run the business properly, you'll have the funds to pay for exceptional people, the systems you need, the tools and equipment that are necessary and needed to sustain and grow a great business. Back in the Vision 2020 studio, um, I promise you a ton of interviews, and boy, we just keep continue to rock. I have uh, Ron Tinner from Sparks Tire and Auto in St. Charles, Missouri. Off mic, Ron and I were talking. He told me the best advice he ever got. What was it, man? Get myself off the counter. Wow, that's huge. It is huge. When you heard that, did you think it was kind of crazy? I heard it for many years <laughs> okay, before there. I finally let it sink in. <laughs> oh, really? All right. Um, but once I made that decision, it was the best decision I ever made. When you made that decision, were you in any kind of pain? You know, when you wear all the hats, uh, you don't realize the pain you're in until you start setting those hats down and giving them to other people. Once you do that, you realize the struggle you were having that you could have fixed a long time ago. A lot of the struggles are self-inflicted. You heard this from a lot of people, you said. 
did it finally sink in uh, from a from a coach? I mean, what what made it constitution for you? A uh, fellow shop owner that uh, was one of my dearest friends, still is, um, beat on me for years to get off the counter, uh, get out of the shop. Was and it I, was it out of the shop first, then off the counter second? No, nah, it was dual duty. Oh boy, okay. So uh, self inflicted. I had the <laughs> the proper people in place. I had great technicians. Um, you just, I just you wouldn't just step aside. But but you you loved what you did though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you couldn't stop doing what you love. You went to work every day just so that you could do that. Never pictured myself the owner of a business, not the owner of a shop. Uh, to uh, sit back in my office and actually run my business wasn't something I thought of doing every day. Now that I have the beauty and opportunity to do it, it's fascinating. Um, to understand the difference of being a business owner and a shop owner uh, fascinates me. The owner of the business versus the owner of the shop. It is one of the most powerful things we can talk about. So let's dig a little deeper. How long ago did you, were you in business? Uh, on my own for 21 years. 21 years. When did you finally get off the counter? Three years ago. Only three years. Well, that's good. So there's hope for everyone who's listening to this and saying, oh, my God, he did that 10 years. No, you can do it right now. You were finally told from a coach that if you don't do this, we're done. I mean, was there anything that you were held accountable for to make, you know, pull the right lever on? All good coaches hold you accountable to numbers. So when you start digging into your numbers and seeing where your weaknesses and your positives are, they tell you, you want to fix this number. Here's what you've got to do. Oh, I got it. So you're weak over here. And if you don't spend some time here, oh, I can't do that. I don't have time. Ah, aha. Uh-huh. accountability. The, you're breaking the code here. Well, you'll never fix this number if you don't pay attention and do this. And that means that you can't write service and you can't, uh, you can't crack a wrench or crack a nut. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I actually heard on one of your podcasts one day uh, a gentleman say something that really struck heart was uh, a lot of guys spend a lot of money to buy themselves a job. Yeah, right. And it was fascinating to look at it from that perspective because there are a lot of shop owners out there that that's exactly what they've done. I know. They don't realize that they want to be a businessman. They just don't let themselves dig deep enough to see that they aren't business people. Okay. So we know that that's important. People are out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someday I got to do that. Someday I got to do that. And I don't need a coach to tell me how to do that, but it never, ever gets done. You know, you look at the, you, you look in the mirror every morning and the only person you're fooling is yourself if you don't get that stuff done. So when you did it, what were the biggest learning moments that you had? I mean, three years is not a long time ago for you to be able to tell us the story of your evolution. No, um, I would say that what I realized stepping back and sitting in my office as a businessman was that, you know, everybody has this dream, uh, has a dream, should I say. Mine always was I'm going to have a shop that does multi-million dollars. But when you sit back at your office and realize you're doing multi-million dollars and not making any money, you're going to work every day for no reason. When you sit down and focus on the things that are important as a businessman, you realize how to make money, how to fix the relationships with your team, how to make sure that what you have is a, a culture in your shop, not a everybody comes in, punches in at 8 o'clock, punches out at 5 o'clock. They want to stay, make sure things get done. They want to come in early. All those things that you sit at your desk and realize are taking place make it worthwhile to come to work every day then. Ron, how does it feel to be making money? It's fantastic. Can, can you um, say that? Can you say that again? Lie. Say um, that again. <laughs> it's fantastic. You know, I let my wife retire because I was able to go to work and make money. She didn't have to work anymore. So that was an eye-opening experience. 
I'm sorry. That's got to be one of the best, uh, you know, heartfelt moments on the podcast in a while. And you know, all I hope, and I hope you hope, is that we can change some people's lives with that answer. Mm, that's my goal. Um, you're, so, you're, you're doing some coaching, aren't you? Yeah, I'm sitting down and coaching. Wait a minute. People. Wait a minute. Three years ago, you 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 had a job. Now you now you're a businessman, and you felt so good about it. You, you decided to coach. It's cool. It is cool. Uh, I guess enough phone calls a day that it was time to start headed that direction. Oh, oh people were calling you, asking you advice? Sure. Cool. Uh, it's nice. It's it's fun to give back to this industry that took care of me for so long. But but the it was the advice, how did you do it? Or the advice is, I, I want to buy this piece of equipment. What about this? Or I, I need to pay somebody this or my marketing that. Was it just, was it anything in general? Actually, the first couple were, uh, we do a lot of work for other shops. Uh, within my business. And okay. it was fascinating to me is they would come to me and say, how on earth do you have all this equipment? It costs us so much to buy all this. How on earth are you doing it? Well, if you run your business properly, I've learned that when you need stuff like this, you're going to have the funds to do it. When I wasn't running my business properly, I didn't have those funds. So they start paying attention they start learning. And next thing you know, they're out buying some of the same equipment. So a really tough personal question in all those years that you were in business, not making any money, were you extended credit wise at all? Absolutely. Okay. Cannot lie about that. I will not lie about right. that. Well, that's, that's good because you can't be a good coach if you don't tell them the truth, right? That's that facts. You, you've been there and done that. You know, how, you know, the pain and you know how it hurts. And there's a lot you can't get done in life when you owe money. Absolutely. Uh, and there's a lot of days that you roll over and want to take your wife away for the weekend or you want to go do something with your grandkids, but can't do it. I got to go to work. I got to make money. Yeah, you gotta, I don't have enough no, staff. You, no, you have to go to work. I have to make money. No, I have to go to work so I could break even. Exactly. You know, a long time ago, uh coach told me that uh, you got to get to class. You got to get to class. And don't tell me you're too busy not making money to go to class. And when he said it, I, I said, no, you need to think about that. And he said, I said exactly what I meant. You're too busy not making any money to go benefit yourself by going to class. And it hit home. So uh, you, you had to work on Ron. I had to go get the education, and then I had to put the education to work. You had to work on Ron. Absolutely. Before you could work on anything and anybody else, you just mentioned the word culture, and everybody wants to hang around and stay. Was that a big change in the business uh, once you started to turn the corner? I've never had a big problem with turnover. Okay. Um, I've got guys that have been with me for 20 years, but there never was early on. There wasn't what I'd call a culture. They came to work for me. We worked our tails off, and we went home at night. Now it's team-building events. It's people staying late, people coming in early. Uh, we get together on the weekends. If somebody finds something funny on Facebook, they share it with everybody in the shop. There's no, uh, you know, the old fashioned, there's no I in team. And I got to tell you, my team, as they call themselves, uh, is very cohesive. We have no dissension within our shop at all. And it's nice to see guys come to work, high five each other in the morning, everybody fist bumps at the end of the day. You know, everybody butts heads during the day at some point. That's, that's life. But at the end of the day, it's swept under the covers. It's left at work. And they all go and do their thing together at the end of the day. You just said fist bump. I just want to do a little timeline discussion for our listener. We're recording this thing at the height of the coronavirus thing. Yeah, you know, there's, there's so many opinions on where that is, what it is and where it's going and stuff. And, you know, of course, I got hand sanitizer in here. And uh, there's Purell things everywhere. And there's more fist bumping than, than anything. Now, I'm a hugger. You know, I love to hug people. But, uh, you know, a lot of fist bumps first, not not handshakes. When I walked in, I 
first person I walked into was Jason Rainey, and I told him, if you think we're not shaking hands, you better think again because I'm a handshaker. Yeah. And, you know, coronavirus gets me, something's going to get me. Yeah. I came to this world to die, so... Uh, something's going to get me eventually a coronavirus. So be it. I'm not going to stop living. And to my listener, I'm sorry we're going off in a a little different direction, but bear with us because I think when we listen to this two years down the road, (laughs) I'll be able to help people figure out, you know, what month and what time uh, we were doing this. I went on a cruise ship just not to bore you anymore for 30 seconds. Went on a cruise three weeks ago. Uh, You couldn't eat and, you know, in the buffet, unless you washed your hands, it was Gestapo. You just had to go through four sinks and, uh, and then Purelled after you washed, you pur- you Purelled. And there were people walking around with blue buckets and white rags. And that was the Clorox uh, water mixture and anything, any touch, any hand touch surface on the entire ship, 6,500 people, they're constantly washing to, to prevent anything that they could. So I respected the fact that they were worried about protecting their brand and all the people that were there. And uh, I walked away, learn it. And, you know, it's like saying happy birthday while you're washing your hands. That's the 20 seconds that you have to think about. Maybe we'll have better hygiene in, in our world because of that. We hope. You know, we teach our young kids. To, uh, I remember my, my granddaughter was taught to say the ABCs while she's washing her hands. Yeah, okay. And as adults, we forget all about that. Yeah, we just walk in, we get them wet, we, we leave. So. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> hey, it's Carm here with news about the new Napa Smart Sign, previously known as the Digital Menu Board. I like to think of it like a silent salesman on a TV near your service desk. It's an easy way for you to increase customer awareness of your current promotions and educate them about needed repairs and service. In other words, having a Napa Smart Sign will supercharge your sales. Napa Auto Care tests have shown one out of five consumers ask for a repair or service they've seen on the board. And targeted promotions resulted in double-digit increases. One auto care shop owner said, I've received amazing feedback. Customers are actually asking for additional services they see on the screen. Now, that's what I call getting results. You choose the content for your Napa Smart Sign from a library of auto care services and repair topics. The Smart Sign comes with preloaded content. Just about anything you can think of is available from alternators and alignment to wiper blades and wheel bearings. There are over 150 topics to choose from. Templates can be customized with your location branding for a professional look. Some of the options include customer reviews from Kukui, Demand Force, or MechanicNet, live news, and even the weather. Whatever content you choose, it's preloaded for you. Just as important, it's easy to change your services, prices, and video content anytime you'd like. Plus, the latest Napa national promotions are downloaded to you automatically. Of course, having a Napa smart sign gives your auto care center a professional, state-of-the-art look and feel that tells customers, I'm on top of my game. Now, that builds trust, which means recommendations are accepted more readily and customers spend more. Find out more about what Napa Smart Sign can do for your business. Talk with your servicing Napa store owner to find out more about the Smart Sign and all the other reasons to become part of the Napa Auto Care family, the largest network of independent repair shops in the country. I did did an interview this morning with four business coaches, and and Bob Greenwood mentioned Carm uh, on the average shop today. They're shorthanded three people. He said one in the bays, one on the counter, and one in the back office. How do you feel about that? I agree with him 100%. (laughs) And every coach agreed, too. (laughs) Absolutely. So if if you just all of a sudden said, you know what, we're going to hire three people, one in each position, could you uh, make the profit, the the volume that comes in to to make it all work? At first, I would say no. 
Okay. Uh, but I think if the key elements work the way they're supposed to work, yeah. the volume would increase enough that, yes, you would be able to make that money. Would you start with a service advisor? Um, my or- first thing I would start with is a liaison in the shop, personally. Oh. Uh, we have just implemented that in our shop. So I have a go-between between my advisors and my techs. So you have kind of a workflow manager or shop yeah. manager? Okay. That's exactly what we You call consider. it a liaison? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's, he's our workflow manager. Right. So he literally puts out all the fires. So instead of my technicians with a wrong part, that never happens. But if it does, um, we uh, give it to him instead of going and taking a service advisor away from his role to go ah, deal with that disaster. So th- their efficiency and their intimacy with the customer, their relationship building, the, the follow through that they need to do with the customer and the phone calls and selling service, they get more time. Absolutely. The next person I'd put in place would definitely be a CSR or somebody to handle that front office conversation. Okay. Um, customers, as we talked off mic, customers have a certain person they like to talk to. Some customers want to hear that one voice. Uh, in my shop, they still, for some reason, think I still have to do with work every car that comes in. I don't, but certain clients want to hear from me what's going on instead of an advisor. So you deal with that. I think the last piece of that puzzle I'd worry about is somebody else in the back office. Uh, I'm blessed enough to have that person. I have my daughter is my marketing manager my co-manager, my bookkeeper. Okay. She wears all those hats and she deals with all of the stuff. If somebody's got an issue in the back office, she handles that fire. Yeah. Not a lot of guys have that ability. Um, Would you hire a part-timer? See, for me, part-timers, I don't, I don't have any part-timers. I never have. Okay. I like somebody who's all in has got skin in the game every day. Um, Not to say that it wouldn't work, but for me, it wouldn't work. On your counter, female or male? I've had both. Right now, currently it's all male. It's all male. Uh, would you hire a female next? Absolutely. If I have the opportunity, the, the I would right, not the hesitate right for a second. Yeah. They don't need to know the automotive? Yeah, last thing I want them to know is the automotive. I want them to be a people person. Where would you find that person? You know, I've said for years, and some people laugh at me, but the bartender is my favorite, my absolute favorite idea for a person at, on that counter. They listen to every story. They give advice. You know, they bend an ear to everybody, no matter who they are. What do you like to drink? Wine, bourbon, scotch. I'm a whiskey guy. All right, whiskey. All right, so you go to bar, ask for a whiskey. Uh, find find that person and say, hey, would you like to work an eight-to-five job? <laughs> no Saturdays, no Sundays. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think they make the greatest listeners, um, at least in the world that I, that I live in. I, I sit and listen to them, and sometimes I just listen to other conversations. And when they, a person leaves, I'm like, kudos to you. I don't know how you just listen to that because – you have to be depressed right about now. You just, you just wash it off and you walk away. By the way, what's your favorite whiskey? Crown, by far. God, I love it. I'm from Buffalo. Our biggest beer in Buffalo is Labatt's. And anyone from around North America, it's, it's of course, Canadian. Canadian. You know, huge Canadian beer, Labatt's. And I like the blue light. And for the summer, that's it's it's a, it's a shot of Crown and a, and a blue light. It's my chaser, just to let you know. Good man. <laughs> love my Crown. And I love my Maker's Mark. And I'm a, I'm a heavy Cabernet person. I, I haven't told many people this. You, you're bringing out the best in me here. Man. There we go. So back to uh, the enemy. And the enemy in your business was you. Absolutely. And, and you overcame it, and now you're teaching people. You probably have that story that people love to tell, I wish I had done this 10 years earlier. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt if you stop and you think about, uh, as a business coach, trained, 
buy a business coach. And by the way, anybody who has a business today in the automotive world doesn't have a coach sincerely needs to think about that. Um, 35 years ago, I wouldn't have believed that, nor would I have said it. But having had a coach and now doing it, I got to tell you that there's things that you have no idea exists that will fix your business in a snap. And if you're not willing to listen and take some of that accountability into place, um, you will not be as successful as you want to be. As a part-time co- part-time coach? Part-time coach for as now, a, yes. As a part-time coach, uh, your greatest satisfaction, can you tell me a story without mentioning any names? Greatest satisfaction is uh, the amount of owners who don't understand effective labor rate as a number. <laughs> um, and when you sit down with someone who's really struggling, um, and this story goes from back before I was even coaching, I was just a shop owner. But I was successful at this point, and they, somebody was struggling, and they asked, I need your help. I got to know what I'm doing wrong. So we sat down and did their numbers and you know, I asked him, what is your effective labor rate? And he said, it's a hundred dollars. I said, not posted, effective. So, you know, he, we scheduled a meeting. We sat down and said, bring me all your papers for the last three months. Let's, let's do some numbers. And doing the numbers, he was at $58 and some change. And I said, you got $42 an hour sitting on a table somewhere. You're and he, and he said, it can't be, your exactly. math is wrong, you're crazy. So once it sank in, he went back and put in place some of the things I told him to do. It, within three weeks, he was up $25 an hour in effective labor rate. Did he, did he also raise his, his posted price? Not at this point, he had Ah, so he was going to work on the underneath stuff. Correct. All right. So then we started playing with labor rate later, but we got to get the, the underlying stuff fixed first, because okay, yeah. if you just cloud the, the waters no, no. with added money, it doesn't You know what? You're difference. right. You, you wouldn't have had a good baseline. Right. Okay. So he came up $25 an hour within three weeks. To sit and talk do, with his wife. Do you remember, though, the, any of the key principles that he implemented that he changed? Oh, absolutely. You know, we put a matrix in place, which a labor matrix, everybody uses a parts matrix. I hope everybody does. Yeah. But very few understand labor matrixing. So okay, once it. we put labor matrixing in place, it changed everything for him. You know, you start picking up where you lose on the oil changes, where you lose on flat repairs, where you lose on all the yeah. canned jobs, so to speak. And the enlightenment for, for me was, and the, the, the fun was when I sat down at dinner with him and his wife a couple weeks later to see where we were at and where we were headed. Her smile was something I will never forget because suddenly these people were making $1,500, $1,800 more per week in bank account money. Real because they hard fixed. cash. It was so easy to do, but you have to understand the number in order to even fix it. So... That's the fun stuff in coaching for me is to sit and watch what it does to their business. It does to their families. It took me a long time to learn it, but once I did, it was enlightening. So it's fun to share. The other thing that's really nice is I get to walk away from my business a little bit and watch my boys all succeed. When I walk into my shop and they're all smiling and high-fiving me and saying, hey, did you see last week's number? Aha. See, they really want to do it themselves. They do. And they really want you not to be there. They want you to enjoy your your coaching thing, but they've always wanted a chance to prove to you that they could do it. Absolutely. You know, they. if, if you think your shop can't run without you, you got one of two issues. Either you you haven't put it together right and it can't physically survive without you, or it's all in your head. Does the industry know that your business's value went up, that you did all this stuff, that you're no longer the centerpiece? <laughs> I would say on a whole, the industry has completely lost that, that realm. They don't realize. I mean, we all believe that we are the, 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 the most 
we're valuable it. piece in our we're, business. We're it. But someone who may want to come in and buy your business that realizes Ron's the hub of the wheel, uh, your business doesn't have the because when you leave, so may some of the people, some of the customers. You're you're too integral in every system, every process, every decision, and that may hurt their return on investment. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a coach, I'm sure you're going out teaching people how to get up and out of their way and, and, and realizing, and anytime I've done a succession planning, anytime I've talked to the buyers, I've talked to the sellers who have really realized it, they realize that they've, they've got to get away from being, you know, running the business. Absolutely. You know, you got to step back. And like we started with this whole conversation, yeah. uh, getting off the counter. Yeah. The last thing I would do if I was buying somebody's shop is want to walk in the door unannounced and see them on the counter. If the guy I'm buying it from is standing on the counter when I walk in, I'm pretty much not interested in buying that shop. Because if he walks out the door, what you just talked about is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. The world wants to see Bob. They don't want to see anybody but Bob. Any plans for more stores? No. Okay. My plan is to go off coaching. Uh, let do, them, let them have do fun thing. with that. Yeah. Let my daughter and my guys take off with this business and see yeah. what they can do with it. And uh, we've been in the same area for 35 years. We're rooted in deep enough that yeah. I think she's got another 35 in her if we if we keep it going. Right. Okay. And uh, does she know she's part of the succession plan? Absolutely. It's already in place. Oh wow, that's so cool. And yeah, how old is she? It's 33. That's what this. It's it's fabulous. Great story. I love it. And there's not enough stories like this being talked about uh yeah i think my son's gonna take over the business maybe my daughter and then i asked the question do they know <laughs> well, well mine's an integral part of it has been for 10 years yeah, so well, th- that's my point you're doing an awful lot of things right and, and and that's the confidence that you have with an internal candidate who is continuing to learn would you get a, a coaching um a coach for her someday yes actually Currently, she sits in on any of the coaching stuff that we deal with. That's so cool. Uh, She's learning as we go. Beautiful. Great wisdom, Ron Tinner. I I so appreciate you being here. Sparks Tire and Auto, St. Clark's, Missouri. Missouri. (laughs) We say that wrong. It's it's Missouri for us, but uh, I know parts of the of the state where it's Missouri. So you're okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) Screwed that up twice this week. I appreciate Um, you having me on. Oh man, thank you so much. Uh, We'll we'll see we'll see at the Napa Expo, man. You bet. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.